starts the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek, Pet Lovers. You know, hiking with pets, it's something that I personally love to do. Well, actually, I guess I really only do it with my dogs. I do know that there are people who do it at, do do go hiking with their cats, and there are certainly other pets, like horses, that can join in the fun, too. You know, maybe not fish, but you never know. Uh, but let's face it, um, hiking is a big deal, especially where I live out in the Pacific Northwest, and certainly dogs. Dogs are out hiking on the trail all the time. It's really a common thing to see. Love watching them explore new places. They are so filled with energy and unbridled excitement and joy because they're getting to explore new scenery and new places and smell all the fabulous smells that are out there. But, you know, it's really important that just like humans who are going out on a hike, the dogs are also prepared to go on the hike, whether they be a long hike or a short hike. And today we've got some great guests on the show that are here to talk about what we need to do to prepare your pet, your dog, for hiking, how to care for them on the trail, how to fuel them, and just what you should know about hiking with pets on the trails. So up first, we have our very own hiking with pets expert. Uh, She is the blogger of You Did What With Your Wiener. And she also works uh, hand in hand with a lot of things that we do at Pet Hub, who of course sponsors Pet Lover Geek. So welcome to the show, Jessica Wilkins. Yeah, thanks. Really excited to have you. We've had you on the show before and you're always delightful to talk and a wealth of information. So I really, I want to dig in though on what is, is your ballywick. It's what you do a lot of and what you're known for, which is hiking with dogs. So let's start off with some of the basics. What are some of the core essentials that you always carry, no matter how long the trek, that you always carry when you're hiking with your dogs? Um, well, the number one thing is plenty of water. So even in the winter, water is really important. So water, and I carry a collapsible dog bowl, like one of those silicone ones or something. Um, but the other thing a lot of people don't think about that I always take is a first aid kit that has stuff in it for me and the dogs. Now, the size of the first aid kit varies depending on the length of time and like how far we're going from the trailhead or how crowded the trail is, you know, when you probably get help along the way or something. Um, but a first aid kit. And as far as the dogs go, um, I'm sure to bring like a tick puller, even though we don't have many here on the West side of, of Washington state. Um, we have seen a few and we definitely see more in the central and the East side, the tick puller. And then what they call co-wrap or like a vet wrap, which is basically a wrap that you can use um, to protect a wound, to keep dirt out or to put on a bandage. It's, it's like a tape. Um, it's, a stretchy stuff. And it's like the stretchy stuff. What's that? Is it like the stretchy stuff that sticks to itself? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like if you've ever gone and got uh, given blood or gotten your blood mm-hmm. taken at the doctor, they put a cotton ball on and the stretchy stuff that sticks to itself. So those are the two things I bring for sure. The rest kind of for human stuff also works for dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I also bring something. I have small dogs. With larger dogs, it's um, more difficult, but it's something you need to think about is how are you going to carry your dog out or what are you going to do if they get injured? So for me, I can carry a small extra backpack 
um, that I can put them in and carry them out if I need to. But if you have a larger dog, you need to think about um, fashioning some kind of stretcher. So bring mm-hmm. some supplies that would help you do that. So there's a lot to unpack in just that little bit that you said. And I, I want to go back. Let's start first with the water because this was actually something that um, I, was, I was hiking this is last summer. And I, of course, bring a lot of water for both my dogs and myself. And I have, like you, I have a, I have a special, um, I don't use a bowl for them. I actually use one of these that has a flip uh, the top actually flips mm-hmm. out and creates a bowl for them, which is really handy. But uh, I've ran across um, hikers that will come by us actually when we're stopped for a water break and their dogs are wanting to get water and they don't have water. And they literally say things like, oh, well, there was a creek up there that I let them. I, and I knew that there was going to be mm-hmm. water for them to drink along. And why, why is that a dangerous assumption for parents, pet parents to make about, oh, there's going to be a creek or there'll be a lake that we're going to. They're not going to need to have extra water. Why is that dangerous? Well, the number one reason, the number one reason is because um, a dog can get giardia or worse, leptospirosis, Mm -hmm. which is just basically from drinking contaminated water. And it doesn't even have to be stagnant to to be a risk. Um, The other thing is, especially um, a lot of streams and stuff are seasonal. So even if you've hiked that trail often, um, you know, several times a year, you may be going at a time of year that happens to be dry. And so mm-hmm. this water source you think is going to be there isn't. So, right. but to me, the biggest thing are the, the diseases and bacteria they can pick up. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so glad you said that because we actually have lepto. We got our, both of our dogs inoculated for that, but there's other things that they can get in, in the water. That's pretty gross. Um, now let's, let's kind of switch back to what you were saying with the first aid stuff, because, you know, hiking with pets can be really fun, but depending on where you're hiking and just fluke, uh, it could become dangerous. Um, so, Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's dig a little bit more into those safety tips and those precautions. Uh, you know, a, how do you try to prevent your pet from getting injured? And then also, you know, like you mentioned, things you got to keep in mind that if your pet does get injured, you have to be ready to deal with. Let's start first with those precautions, things to keep them from getting injured in the first place? Pretty much the number one thing is to constantly be paying attention to your dog um, and check them with your hand. Like when you stop, check them over, check in their armpits to see if there's any chafing, check on the the breastplate if they're wearing a harness, check their pads, make sure there's nothing stuck in between or that they aren't getting um, abrasions or cuts. Um, that's so because prevention is the best medicine, right? So, mm-hmm. so to be what happens is a lot of people don't notice until they're five miles into a hike that their dog's limping a little or lagging behind, um, and by then it's maybe too late. Maybe they've already they started getting chafed or injured in mile one, and now you're at five, so it's turned a small problem into a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other biggest thing again, prevention, and this is for both you and your dog is always check conditions and trail reports before you go. There's a Facebook group, if you're in Washington, called Canines in the Cascades, mm-hmm. um, and it covers all of Washington State, but there may be local um, Facebook groups for hiking with dogs or even just hiking in general um, where you live, and you can oftentimes post and say, I'm looking to go to this trail. Who's been there recently? What were the conditions? Right. Um, we may have a, a state wide website like we have washington trails association um that lists all of the hikes and their trip reports user generated trip reports on there and also always check the avalanche conditions especially Mm -hmm. in the spring because snow is really unstable 
Right. So there's usually um, websites that um, we have the Northwest Avalanche Center, but there's usually websites for where you live. If you live where it snows, of course. But. Right. Well, and, and where you and I live, um, it's it's nice and beautiful and sunny down, you know, in Seattle land. But we, we drive just 15 minutes away and 3,000 feet up. And things are can be remarkably different than they were down in the city. Really different. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that's great that you also the, checking on the conditions because just, what was it, two weeks ago, there was the big um, mudslide at the West Fork Trail, which is, uh, you know, again, mm-hmm. off the beaten path, not something you would necessarily know about it, but it was a big deal as far as the mudslide went. So that's, that's great. And just general in general, having a plan before you even start your hike, rather than oh, let's just go mm-hmm. hiking and picking up and go. That's that's critical, right? Yeah. Now let's talk Definitely. about equipment because uh, and and I'm kind of I, I know I sent you questions ahead of time and I'm kind of putting this on you, but I'm realizing I'm looking at these. We don't want to talk okay. about equipment. So what what are your like you know your favorite pieces of equipment? Not necessarily those that oh you get you can't live without, but boy, I really like this equipment that I use on these hikes. You mentioned a backpack, for example. Just kind of like for comfort, you mean? To for take comfort with? for you, for the dogs. You know, like, are there yeah. particular styles of collars or, or harnesses or, or leashes? Something that people that maybe don't think about, oh, that would be better for hiking than, than just, you know, general walking yeah. in the city. Well, well, for me, um, a big game changer is like a hydration bladder in a backpack because um, it's a pain to stop every... You know, because you should be drinking every, you know, 15 minutes. You should be taking a few drinks of water. And it's a pain to stop that often and take your pack off and get the bottle out. And so what happens, like, with me is I just don't. I push through it. And then the next day I pay because I'm dehydrated and I have a headache. Hmm. So the bladder is really nice because it has a tube that comes down the side. And you can just drink on the go. Um, For the dogs, I, um, I always hike. I have dachshunds, and they're known for back problems. So I hike with them in harnesses. A lot of people, um, you know, may want to use a collar, but but I do recommend a harness because if nothing else, if your dog slips off the trail or if you're crossing a bridge and they slip or something like that, if you have a collar, you can only imagine how bad that would be if you if you're lucky they don't slip out of it. If you were to catch your dog by the neck if they fell, so mm-hmm. having a harness is super important because. And one that fits well so that there is a hope that you can catch them and, and hold them and just basically yank them back up. Kind of like rock climbing on belay, like yarded them back up by the leash. So those are the two most important things, I think. And for people, footwear is the most important thing you need to invest in. Um, my dogs don't wear boots, to be honest. Dogs don't really need to wear boots in most cases. Um, you really only need to put boots on them if they have foot problems, right? You know, if you've you've proven they have foot problems, otherwise you can actually be more of a hindrance to them because mm-hmm. they they can't feel the ground naturally and their nails can't dig in. Um, and you have to be careful what boots you get because some have more traction, some have less. But but if your dog needs it, boots are important too. What about folks that say I don't like having my dog on a leash when I hike? What are your thoughts on that? You know, my thoughts on that have changed a little bit over the years, somewhat, kind of. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm a rule follower uh, in most cases. So to me, if the law is that um, your dog needs to be on leash, then it needs to be on leash. There's a reason, if nothing else, other users that come to hike the trail know that there's a leash law and expect if they're going to encounter any dogs that those dogs will be 
leash. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just respectful to people. Um, if, if you're hiking on a trail that leashes are not required, by all means, you don't have to use one. But your dog does have to be under strict voice control. You need to have control of them. I was on a trail once um, where a leash was required, but the, the person didn't have the dog on a leash, and I'm hiking along. And a dog runs past me, and I thought I was going to maybe catch up with this owner, but nope, it comes back and goes the other way. And we were talking about a period of like 10 minutes. And finally, I see a guy coming up the trail that owns the dog, and this dog had been running back and forth harassing other hikers and other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not cool. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, it's etiquette, right? And so what is right. the etiquette? If you have a dog on the trail, not everybody else on the trail is, is there to hike with dogs and be around dogs. So what's the etiquette right. for a pet parent that the, you may, need to make sure your dogs are, are adhering to? The best thing to do if you can is when you see someone coming is move your dog um, to the opposite side of the trail. So it's not between you guys. It's on the outside. So or inside, depending on which, which side you're on. But most trails, at least around here, are pretty narrow. So really passing even two people wide with a dog is difficult mm-hmm. and, and can cause someone to maybe misstep and slip off the trail. So if you can, you know, maybe take your dog, put them on the opposite side of you from the person that's coming and step off the trail where there is a wide spot. Like don't, climb up in the bushes don't try and scramble up a hill mm-hmm. don't you know just just maybe you need to back up a couple you know a couple hundred feet to a wide spot and then you can wait for the other person to come by if the trail is wide enough just move them to the opposite side of the person coming um you know and, and keep them by you if what you know if they're not on a leash and if they are on a leash you want to keep that kind of short because you especially don't want your dog um jumping up on the other person with muddy paws because even the best dog lover doesn't necessarily like strange dogs jumping on them and getting their clothes all dirty. That, that, that's true. And I actually, one of our dogs is really bad about that. So, but yes, n- good notes. Um, now, you mentioned that your dogs are Dawsons. And uh, they. Mm-hmm. And I know from following you on your blog religiously that, that they're out on the trails a lot. But there's a lot of people that are super skeptical. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so, you should be taking your dogs on these big, long hikes. Isn't that hard for them? They should. How can they like hike Pretty much that everyone's long? skeptical. Right, right. And so talk about that. I mean, like, it's, hiking is not just for big dogs. It's, it's great for little dogs, too. Talk a little bit about that. So the thing, the point I'm always trying to drive home to people is a dog's athletic ability and interest has more to do with their breed than their size. So, um, for example, Great Danes, not saying they can't because every dog can be trained and conditioned um, to do any sport and hiking mm-hmm. is a sport, but generally great Danes, um, aren't meant for going really long distances. They're kind of, they like to lay around a little more. Whereas mm-hmm. something like everyone, when you, if the people are going to think of one small dog that's active, Jack Russell Terrier is going to come to mind. Sure. And those dogs have crazy amounts of energy mm-hmm. and they're small. Um, Dachshunds are bred for hunting. They followed people, their their forest or whatever, through the woods um, to find badgers and rabbits and flush them out. So they used to cover a lot of ground. Their, their legs aren't short because they can't walk. Their legs are short because they're meant to burrow down in holes, and mm-hmm. therefore you can't have a lot of long legs getting in the way. So, right, right. Um, but they have really high endurance and stuff. So. It just, every dog, no matter what breed, does need to be conditioned to hike, just like people. 
you know, cleared with your, cleared with your vet that, you know, a new activity is fine Mm -hmm. and start small and then go big, you know, start with walks around the neighborhood, then increase the length and difficulty of hikes. But any, you know, but, but the ability really comes down to the breed, not the size and the, the nurture, you know, the nature and nurture, but. Love it. Well, and, and, and people can find all about that on your blog. Tell them the uh, web address, how to find more, more. So it's, you did what with your wiener.com that's spelled W-I-E-N-E-R. And the reason I say that is because a lot of docs and people doc, uh, spell it W-E-I, but it really doesn't matter how you spell it because you type it in, Google will be like, oh, there's only one crazy lady with that blog name. So um, <laughs> even if you just partially get it right, it'll probably come up. Yeah, you guys, have, you have such great uh, SEO there on your site that if you just put you did what with, it comes up with Wiener. So yeah, awesome. or probably hiking dachshunds, it would yeah, probably come up. Yeah, it comes you know? up, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. <laughs> really appreciate all the insights you gave us today. Sure. Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Stay tuned, pet lovers. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the great people at Zooks about doing proper fuel and nutrition for your adventurous pups while on the trail. And while you wait, why don't you check your pet's harness? Make sure it's well fitted so that you're ready for that next hike with your pups. We're going to be right back on Voice America, brought to you by Pet Hub. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. 
So we just got done with talking with the amazing Jessica from You Did What With Your Wiener. She's one of our very favorites to talk with about hiking with your pets and how to prepare because she just hikes everywhere in the Pacific Northwest and she she knows a ton. But when we know that whenever you go on hikes, just like Jessica was talking about, it's super important that you pack nutritionist, nutrition filled snacks. Sorry, my, my mouth got away from me there. You have to be able to keep your own energy levels up, but also your pup's energy. And most of us do pack some treats for our four-legged hiking pals. But how do you know that those treats that you're packing have the right kind of nutrition that they're going to need for the hike, especially those long hikes that may take the entire day? Well, so the folks from Zooks thought about this same thing, and they've been doing great work over the years on how to fuel our pups for those long treks and being in the outdoors with us. So today, we've brought David Rizzo, Director of Operations at Zooks, to talk about the great nutrition that they offer pets on the go over there at Zooks. So welcome for uh, today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I, I mentioned to you just offline that uh, I, I used your bars a long time ago, and then I couldn't find them anymore. And when we came by the Zooth books at booth at Global Pet Expo this year, we were super excited to see that the bars are back. And just in general, you guys have such a wide array of really great nutrition treats for active and adventurous pups. And I just want to talk to you about that. So let's let's talk a little bit about the story behind Zooks and how how you guys got started in treats for dogs, particularly in outdoor dogs? You know, it's a really great story, and I love telling it. I've been doing so for, gosh, 15-plus years now, uh, being with the brand um, since the uh, very beginning. And, you know, it's just really authentic in the sense that, you know, Patrick, the original founder, was out hiking with his chocolate lab, Zook, and, you know, it was a big hike here in the mountains of Durango, Colorado, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and he realized that, it's time for me to take a rest. I need some fuel. I'm going to eat my energy bar. And, and the dog's laying down and, and, and showcasing some of the same kind of fatigue that he was. And he was like, well, I, I feel like my dog needs some energy as well. And so he didn't have any specific dog treats with him at that time, you know, 23 years ago that, you know, were designed or even um, had the thought in mind that your dog needs fuel when you're out on the trail or when they're active and performing. And so he just decided to share his own bar with the dog and mm-hmm. saw that after, you know, the dog had digested that, that shared bar that he got energy from that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when the, the light bulb says, I need to have this product, but I need it to be made for my dog. And well, yeah, totally. it, it all began from there. Well, and it, it, it seems to make perfect sense because, you know, when we go out for hikes with our dogs all the time and we are always carrying protein bars, uh, really easy grab and go, like may, maybe a... a, a uh, a high protein, high fat uh, trail mix or something like that. But we're always doing easy grab food for ourselves. And, you know, we, we would pack treats for our dogs, you know, like, but it was mostly the literally treats, not something that's full of energy. And so I'd like for you to kind of talk about, you know, what's, what's the, the difference between like your standard treat that you would like throw into a bag to bring on a hike and that power bone? Absolutely. You know, and I think we've learned a lot along the way and we've continually tried to improve the product. What's the right form? What's the right ingredients to include? Um, you know, starting in 1995 to the, the new launch here in uh, 2018 with uh, the current bone. And I think where we 
get a little confused is the humanization of pet treats and pet food as a whole. People are like, well, what I eat and what it gives me should be just as similar for my dog. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, that that can be true, but... Uh, when it really comes to providing energy for canines specifically, it's fat that creates immediate fuel and energy for them. And it's protein that helps build the muscles, sustain the energy uh, long term. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't necessarily think a big meat bar is ideal for us to give us energy. Now, it's good for us to sustain uh, mm-hmm. from a human perspective, but you, most of the stuff you see out there that's got energy on it, it's energy chews, energy goos, energy... Um, bars and there are a lot of built from a more carbohydrate um, mm-hmm. background, which is the hum- the human body is taking complex carbs, it's converting them into glucose and then converting them into energy. Where the dogs have the same process, but it's more designed behind they take in the fat and they convert it into energy. So we really spent a lot of time trying to find what's the right balance or ratio of protein to fat to give an animal that's outperforming, hiking in the mountains, um, you know, sled dog, you name it, an immediate boost and not something that you're like waiting for the dog to have a a, a long period of digestion and things like that. And that's when the bar form um, really said, let's go back to where we started when it comes to the form, but let's put the right ingredients at the right balance to give that immediate boost. So we trail tested this product probably six, nine months before we felt that we had reached the right protein to fat ratio. And that's literally a, a three to one ratio right now from protein to fat in that bar that, you know, within 15 to 20 minutes of feeding that animal, you can see immediate results and uptick in their energy, which is the fat starting to get processed. So and then a, they is, can carry that product on. And is it a lot different than the original power bar bone that you guys had? Or is it, or is it, you know, or is it the, basically the same that you just brought it back? No, it's significantly different. Got so, it. Uh, when you think about 1995, what kind of ingredients are available or what are considered pet feed? Right. Um, you know, especially when you think back then, your, your companies that were making treats were your milk bones and your pedigree and your Purinas, and it wasn't necessarily uh, a natural product on the market. You know, Zoops was the pioneer of natural treat segment in the pet industry as a whole. And so we went after the most natural ingredients we could find available at that time that were you know, cost effective for, Mm -hmm. you know, the buyers that were in the market then. And if you look at it today, that's changed a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole pet food space has changed tremendously. I mean, foods that you could get like 15, 20 years ago are completely different than what you could get now. And it's it's really incredible. So, you know, when when I'm looking to see like what what I'm going to take with me uh, out on the on the trail, and especially if I'm doing like a long trek, because some of these treks that we do, and I'm sure you guys have the same kind of thing out there in Durango, but you know, here in uh, Pacific Northwest, some of our hikes, they're like eight to 10 hour hikes. And, and we literally bring several meals to go during the day. Should I be bringing kibble with my, for my pet for the meals or, sh- you know, or what kind of things should I be bringing? What other kinds of, you know, healthy, nutritious food sources should I be bringing for my dog? to be able to maintain that eight to 10 hour hike with me. Well, it's just like you, you're bringing meals and, and, and packs of uh, food for you. It, it's, it's about the amount of calories you're burning and the intensity of that, that activity. So if you're out for eight to 10 hours hiking a lot and you're packing meals for yourself, 
you know, that consider the dog as having the same kind of calorie burn in many ways. So the idea behind the power bone is it's there to bring easy to feed opportunity, but it's not going to be a full feeding like you would say with a kibble or white. If you guys are mm-hmm. making a full meal with a sandwich and chips and all that kind of thing, it, you know, it's designed for intermittent feeding over a period of time. So if you're out eight to 10 hours with your dog, you may take three to four bars, depending on size of dog and, and, and at level of activity, how much does it run around extra, things like that. Um, can you take kibble or supplement with other dog treats? Absolutely. You know, um, you, you, you can go both ways. You know, from my perspective, when I'm out with my dogs, I just take power bones just because I know that they work and I right. know exactly how much my dogs need over it. And that's just because I, you know, the part of developing the product. Well, so, and uh, let's, let's move on to other stuff that Zook says, because I know you guys do a lot more than the power bones. Power bones is, of course, what really excited me because I remember the original one and I was excited to have that back. But tell us a little bit more about what other kinds of offerings Zooks has. Absolutely. You know, if you think about Zook's lifestyle, um, and, and I speak to this uh, lifestyle specifically because while we're a brand that makes awesome pet treats, in my opinion, there's a huge lifestyle behind that brand. And it's, so part of what really makes us authentic in my mind is that mm-hmm. um, we make these products for the lifestyle that we want to live and the animals that we want to be a part of it with us. They're our family, our friends, they're our pack, you know. So uh, we make products that you can look at them across different kinds of platforms if you wanted to. So, you know, we have a power bone that's like your, uh, your endurance or your fuel piece while you're active. We have our hip action product, which has been around for over a decade. That is a hip and joint product, which I like to use as a recovery. So after we're done hiking, my dogs mm. get their hip and hip action so that they can now recover from the hard work and can sustain those really strong joints and bones. And then we have many other products like our mini naturals, which is great for attention, for training. You know, I I may carry those with me at times. Um, if I have other dogs that are, you know, easily run after animals or easily run after people and other dogs on the trail and I want to keep attention, they're great for keeping attention. And again, that's also a a training tool at the same time. So keeping that recall as well. And then there's another few product lines. I mean, I could go through each one, but I, I think the website is the best resource to, to find that information, but they all kind of have their unique purpose, but also unique attributes that might fit a, a different consumer's desires. Well, I, I love, I love the two points that you brought up. Uh, I, I never frankly even thought of the whole recovery thing. I look at recovery as I'm like, woohoo, we're going to go to, you know, Starbucks and get a Frappuccino. <laughs> That's my recovery after a big long hike. But you're totally right about getting the dogs. Uh, and, and we do actually use the hip action stuff, but I never thought of it as a, a recovery thing. That's a great point. And, and, Absolutely, having treats on the trail. We we have one dog that could care less about other dogs on the trail, but we have another dog who wants to, of course, investigate every single dog that comes by us. And and having those treats to, to keep his attention is hugely important. So I love those. Love those. You mentioned the website. Go ahead and give us that address so that we can let, make sure people know where to find you. Absolutely. So it's just www.zooks.com. Great. And you can find Zooks all over the place. I, I get them at the two local uh, pet stores that we have in town. Both carry you, and we just love your stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today, David. Really appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Okay, great stuff from Zooks. They are one of my favorite products to have out on the trail. I'm going to talk about really quickly about four other products that have been lifesavers for us on the t- trail. 
First is the Tough Mutt Hands-Free Dog Leash. I've had this leash for years and years. In fact, I'm on my second one because when we got our second dog, Uller, we decided to just go ahead and get the exact same leash because it worked so well for hiking with Penny. We got it for Uller. I love it for a couple of reasons. First of all, it goes around your waist, so it allows you to be hands-free. The uh, leash part itself that attaches to the, the, the dog's harness um, has a little bit of movement that's given them a little bit of freedom on the trail. It's got a nice big bungee cord in the middle that, that is kind of a shock absorber uh, as you're moving along the trail, particularly if you're doing some trail running like I like to do. But the thing I really love about the Tough Mutt is there are two separate handholds. One is up near my waist, and then one is right down near where it attaches to the harness of the dog, which allows me to make sure that I have a good strong hold on the dog should another dog approach because Uller tends to not be the best with other dogs on the trail. It allows me to hold him there, keep him steady, keep his attention on me so we can focus on you know being a good dog while other dogs and people are going by us and then I can let that go and then he can be hands-free and have a little bit more freedom on the trail. So I love this leash. It's incredibly durable. Um, so it's really great. The next thing that uh, we've been using for years that we just love are the Rough Wear backpacks. Now, we have a couple of different versions. If you actually go on to roughwear.com for dogs, you'll see that they have a lot of different options. We, we've had two of them. We have a day pack that we use for the dogs that uh, has plenty of room for a, a, their own water bottle. It has a place that you can attach the uh, you know waste bags uh, when the poo happens along the road because it will happen along the road, and then a place for little um, treats. We also have uh, the bigger pack. Uh, it's a multi-day thing, and we've done a couple of, of bigger trips with them and, and we for Uller at least we have that bigger pack that can hold a little bit more hold a little bit more food we have a rule you know everyone must carry their own food and water when we're out on the on the trail and everyone must carry their own poop as well so th- we love uh the rough wear packs uh they fit the dogs really well and you they even have really cool inserts that you can use that are like cooling inserts and things like that which are great for those hot weather hikes then two new products that i've discovered just in the last year one is the gamma 2 vittles vault travel tainer now i don't necessarily take this on the hike but we have this in the car with us and that's where if i actually need to feed him a meal at the end or maybe because of when we're going in the day uh we're going to be back at the car i like it because it's nice it's compact the bowl is built in to the Vittles Vault itself, uh, and it holds enough for both dogs to be able to get their food when they need to. So that's number one. Really cool. It's, again, it's by Gamma 2 called the Vittles Vault Travel Tainer. Nice little container. It, it's also perfect if you're going on an overnight camping or something like that. It's a perfect container for their dry food. And then the other one, which I'm really kind of super in love with to a, to a point it's a, a little bit obscene because I tell everybody about it, is the mus- Messy Mutts water bottle. This thing, first of all, is gorgeous design. Uh, I am drawn to it just because of the beautiful design. It has a silicone bowl that you you can flip up and then you push a button. It fills the bowl with water. When the dog is finished drinking out of the bowl, you push the button in and tip it back up and then it goes back into the container so you're not having to waste any water at all. It's a sleek design. It's just sexy, which for me, I like that sexy design thing. It's a really really smart, modern, sleek looking thing. So I really like it. Um, and it's not nearly as cumbersome as so many other dog water bottles out there that have bowls attached. So anyway, those are some of my favorites. Now, you must stick around because we have a really, really incredible guest for our last segment coming up. She is the expert of all experts for hiking and adventuring with your pets. And we're going to talk to her when we come back Really, you need to stick around. Pet Lover Geek brought to you by Pet Hub. We'll be right back on Voice America. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back. We have been talking uh, with some really awesome people about enjoying the outdoors and hiking with your fur kids. And now we have some really great stuff to share you. One of my very favorite people on the planet is Amy Burkert. She is the founder of a popular website and blog, Go Pet Friendly. And she is going to bring us some amazing ideas about where to go and what to do and how to prepare when you are getting ready to go hiking with your pets. Whether it is taking those dogs out into the the hiking trails that are in your backyard or taking them all the way across the country into places that you've never been before. Amy has done it all and she has got some amazing stuff to share with us. Thank you so much for coming on the share show today, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm not joking when I tell you you're one of my favorite people on the planet, Uh, and I think you know that, Uh, but uh, I would love... (laughs) the feeling is mutual. Well, and and I've known you now for, gosh, almost seven years, six years, something like that, quite a while. And I I love the story about how you got started with Go Pet Friendly. So I'd like, if you just take a minute to share with how this whole thing started with the, not just the blog, but your entire life, how you guys changed everything. (laughs) No problem. So um, in 2008, uh, my husband and I are, we're both CPAs by background. um, So people who, you know, like to live in inside the, the box, uh, typically. And uh, one morning we were walking our Sharpay tie. We came home from walking tie and we found a, a big black German shepherd hiding behind the construction dumpster in front of our townhouse in Philadelphia. And uh, we, we 
you know, put him on a leash and started looking for his people and nobody came forward. And, um, and so we ended up adopting him and then discovered how hard it was to travel with him because he was a 70 pound German shepherd. <laughs> a lot, a lot <laughs> he was different than that little <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He was breaking the weight restrictions, hotels, and like you know, there are places that have uh, breed restrictions that mm-hmm. that discriminate against German shepherds. And so, we found that it was uh, uh, much harder than we anticipated to take him on a family vacation. And um, the first trip that we took was about three and a half week road trip, and we needed seven hotels. It took me two full days to find seven hotels where Buster and Ty could be. Could, we could have them in the same room and where Buster wasn't breaking the weight restriction, where they weren't charging an arm and a leg for for a pet fee. So uh, on that trip, we decided that we would start a website that would make it easier for everybody to travel with their pets and not just find hotels, but find restaurants and beaches and dog parks and wineries and have support on there for um, places like boarding facilities and doggy daycare and and pet supply stores. So really it was a one-stop shop for, for what people needed. And then we built the road trip planner and that was really the cherry yeah, on top. I lo- that's an amazing tool, by the way. Amazing tool. People can type in where they're starting from and where they're going to and it'll map their route and find all the pet-friendly things along the way. That's how we got started. That's how you got started. But the postscript of this whole thing is at some point you and Rob said, you know what? Let's just chuck this whole house living thing. Let's just <laughs> get rid of it all. We're going to put our house on wheels. And you now have an RV that is wrapped with GoPet friendly, you know, uh, logos Graphic. and everything. It's gorgeous. And, and all you do is like you're on the road constantly exploring the United States in that RV. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, for a little bit more than eight years now. I can't believe how fast the time's gone by. But yeah, we've been living in, in, in the first started out in the smaller RV and now we're in the, in the bigger RV that you're describing. And yep, we've been in an RV now and time buster. Uh, with us for a little bit more than eight years. Ty and Buster have now been in every one of the lower 48 states at least twice. That's incredible. Have they been to Alaska? <laughs> we have not been to Alaska, and the boys have not been to Alaska. So that's that's uh, on a list of, uh, for future trips. Well, when you and I are offline, I should talk to you about a plan that my family and I have to do Alaska that you actually might be really interested in. Okay, but let's let's get back Ooh. to the interview, the inter- interview. All right, so... You basically travel the entire country looking for pet-friendly places. You are 100% the expert in all of this. So we're talking today about hikes. And I want you to kind of talk about, so when you're looking for a new place to go hiking with your pets, particularly when you're like on vacation and your pets are with you and you want to go someplace where you can just blow off some team and get steam, get out in nature with your pets, what are the most important things that, that, that people should be looking for when they're looking for those new hiking places to go? One of the, well, I think probably the most important thing is to find a trail that fits you and your pet. So, um, as I said, Rod and I have been traveling with Buster and Ty for a little bit more than eight years now. Um, Buster just turned 11 and Ty will be 14 in September. So, the kinds of trails that we choose have changed over the years. We used Mm -hmm. to pick uh, places where we, um, our dogs are also um, not, the perfect travel companions, you might say. Ty is afraid of other dogs and strangers, and Buster is least reactive to mm-hmm. other dogs. So we would we would take their particular circumstances and challenges into account when we picked a place. So I would always think about a place where dogs had to be on leash. Mm-hmm. That that was one of my things because I don't my dogs don't appreciate being approached by strange dogs. So that was one thing that we always looked for. Um, now we think more about, okay, how, what's the duration of the hike? How long are we going for? What are the elevation changes? Um, 
because the elevation changes are obviously going to make it harder um, for the dogs to, to, they need to be in better condition. And our dogs, our senior boys uh, just don't do that much elevation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I think about is the, obviously a combination of the weather and, and the, um, you know, the amount of shade that we might be able to get in a particular, on a particular hike. So um, the footing also uh, I think about, so I, um, I like trails that that are pretty well groomed now. Mm-hmm. Um, Buster and Ty both appreciate having a pretty well groomed trail. Sometimes now Ty even goes in a stroller. Mm-hmm. So he, if we're going to go for a longer hike, he can't he can't really do um, distances much anymore. So then I'm actually looking for maybe a paved path rather than or or a rails to trails kind of place where um, we've got a pretty great uh, path that we can push a stroller on. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on, you know, where, where your pet is on that continuum of, you know, how in shape they are, um, you know, how, how hot it is, how humid it is. Remember to take the humidity into account mm-hmm. as well, because that really affects and elevation, right? So elevation will really affect thing. Your, you, you, your hiking ability, but also your dog's hiking ability as well. So if you're headed out to the Tetons, for example, um, and you're going to be at elevation, then you need to be sure that you're, um, that you, that you be conservative in, right. in how far you estimate that you can go. Right. Because I mean, you can, and I've actually had this happen with 55 pound dog and, and, you know, 70 pound dog, uh, Buster's <laughs> kind of the same thing, but it's kind of one of those, you might get a certain way into it and then the dog can't make it anymore. The dog might get injured. The dog might, what have you, you got to be able to get that dog back out. So, you know, that, that's, that, right. that's always be on your mind. Now, I know here in my own neck of the woods where to go online. Uh, we have great WTA site here in Washington State. But w- so when people are doing these researches, where can they go online to start to start researching about if, if they're on vacation and they're getting someplace that they're maybe not familiar with? Because there are a lot of lo- great online places. Where, where can they start going to find those online resources for hikes? My favorite app, it's actually an app, so I've got it on my phone, is All Trails. Yeah. I love it because yeah. they will actually tell you if pets are allowed. Um, it gives you a really solid description of what the trail, um, the elevation changes and what the trail is is covered in. It's covered at all. Um, and, you know, then you can read the reviews from other people who have hiked it and, and they say, you know, this was strenuous or I took my two-year-old and they did fine. Well, if somebody's two-year-old, you know, was able to do the trail, then I feel pretty confident that Ty and Buster will be, right. yeah. will be all right there too. And I would say too that if it's not, because I use that app as well, but there are some trails that I've looked that I've heard about through the grapevine or whatever, and then I'll look it up and they're not on there. And I think, you know, if it's not a popular enough trail to actually get a review, then maybe it's not good for my dog. It might be fine for me, but it's probably not good for my senior dog. I agree with you. I, yeah, it's one of the things that I definitely take into consideration as well. If nobody's, re- if nobody's bothered to write a review or post pictures of it, you know, maybe not someplace that I feel like. I know, unless I'm like in the backyard, right? We're yeah. doing a lot more uh, national forest camping. And so when, if we're camping out in the national forest, you know, we may go hit a trail just because it's right there. And mm-hmm. we, we know it's not, you know, we're not going to be that far from the car. Sure. If, if it looks like it's not going to work out, it's not a huge investment. Right. But if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at going and spending a day doing something along, you know, hiking in, having a picnic, you know, going up to a lake, something like that. Um, yeah. Then I want 
then I want a little bit more feedback before I take off on on the for, for the first time with my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And is there a good way to so like especially when you're in a different state or whatever? And some you know you mentioned the national forests and uh, some national parks have pet friendly areas. Some state parks obviously have a lot of pet friendly areas. But where where can you find out those right rules and regulations? Because they differ sometimes from place to place, and it is important that you know the rules and the laws around having those animals. So where's yeah. the best place to find that all that out? Yeah, online, right? I mean, it's really the best to go online. We, we've we written over 250 destination guides mm-hmm. for, for different places around the country. So, for example, if somebody's thinking about going to Acadia National Park up in Maine, we've got um, all the rules and regs um, for Acadia on the website. And, you know, if you go to the blog post about it, we've got photos and what we did with our dogs in a little secret dog park that um, off-leash area where that people, a lot of people aren't aware of just outside the National Park's boundary. Um, so, you know, those are the kinds of places that I go. Like I would, I would look at, um, you know, the, the national park website also will have detailed details on where you can take your pets and, and where they're not allowed. Um, national forests, you can pretty much uh, assume at a national forest that pets are allowed on all the trails uh, as long as they're on leash right. and cleaned up after. So right. the national forests are super pet friendly. The national parks to a lesser extent, there are some national parks that are super pet friendly. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, Acadia, um, the Grand Canyon, also the whole uh, South Rim Trail at the Grand Canyon is 13 miles long and the whole thing is pet friendly. Um, but then you'll find pla- other places, like uh, like I mentioned the Tetons earlier, um, dogs aren't allowed on any trails inside the national park in the Tetons. So then what I do, if I'm going to be in a place, you know, um, vacationing in a beautiful place like the Tetons and you want to get out and do some hiking, is I always look for a national forest. Right. Because I'm certain that the trails there are going to be pet friendly. So, and there's almost always a national forest uh, in the vicinity of a national park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Funny how that works. No, it's definitely. When we found the same thing when we were visiting Rainier. We uh, we realized, ah, shoot, there's no, there's not really many places in M- Mount Rainier National Park that you can take the dogs. But around Mount Rainier National Park, which still have an incredible view of the actual mountain, there's a ton of pet friendly stuff. And I want you to just. We we only have you know about three minutes left. But you mentioned Acadia. You mentioned Grand Canyon. Are there other like? top destination pet friendly hiking areas that you visited over the years oh yeah there are and actually um i'm i'm releasing a book next week and we what we did was we we chose the number one pet friendly attraction in each of the lower 48 states and dc and we went and visited them all last year every one of them it was a fifteen thousand mile road trip epic and um Yes, it, well, it, that's exactly the word that I've been using to describe it. It was absolutely epic. I don't really recommend that every that anybody else do it all in one year. Um, <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> it was it was maybe a little much. But to write the book and and bring it all together, it worked out. It worked out well for us. And uh, in the book, we talk about all the hikes that we went on and and the best places to go and um and and also give advice about the things that we did and and how we did it. And then there are also, there's more than 200 photos, oh, full awesome. color photos. So it's, um, it get, it, you, people can really get a feel for uh, what, it, what, it, what it was like for us and what it would be like to be there with their pets. So yeah, it's, uh, that's coming out next week. Well, tell us the name of the book and where people are going to be able to find it. Absolutely. So it's called The Ultimate Pet Friendly Road Trip. 
and uh, it's at book.gopetfriendly.com. And for your listeners, we have put together uh, a page where they can grab the cop the uh, chapter on Washington's number one pet friendly attraction. Yay! So we will make sure that that goes into the show notes. The link to that will go into the show notes uh, on your website, and then also I think that uh, you guys are going to put a link to it on your on your Pet Lover Geek Facebook page. Absolutely, absolutely, and we'll share it with the, all of our local folks with it, it too. Now, one thing um, I wanted to just, because you mentioned, uh, we only have like a minute left for you to talk, but you mentioned the stroller that Ty sometimes uses, and I knew, know that you have a couple of must-have type products that you use with hiking. I would love for, just because we like to geek out on products here and, and the latest, greatest, are there any like must-have things that you think our listeners like just need to know about? Yeah, there are a couple of things. So we have um, uh, martingale leash collars for our dogs so that they are not able to slip out of them. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really important thing when, when you're hiking with your pet to make sure that they've got martingale, um, a nice martingale leash or a nice martingale collar. We, the ones that we get are through Alcott, and they've got a neoprene lining in them. They're really comfortable. They've got some um, reflective uh threading in them as well so they they have some of that so that's important um i love harnesses the harnesses from two hounds design that mm-hmm. have you can either attach them at the chest or in on the back between the shoulder blades uh that's what our dogs usually hike in um buster also wears a backpack sometimes um and and that's handy if he want if we want him to carry his own water something like that um have to be sure that everybody has plenty of water and then you mentioned the um the stroller that ties in, it's actually a, it's a turbo jogger from Ibiyaya, I-B-I-Y-A-Y-A. And um, it, it has changed our life for being able to take Ty and go on hikes. Um, you know, he weighs about 35 pounds, so he's too big to carry. Right. Um, but, he, but and, and at this point in his life, he's just not able to keep up on a hiking trail. So, we otherwise we would all be sitting on this if we couldn't put tie if we didn't put tie in a stroller we'd all be sitting on the sofa so yeah that's been a, that's been a life changer awesome well thank you so much for mentioning those I, I knew that there were some things that, that you were definitely relying on i appreciate that thanks so much for joining us today the amazing offer that you're giving our listeners fantastic stuff thank you I wanted to make sure I send out a shout out to our other guests on the show today, Jessica Williams from You Did What With Your Wiener and all her great tips on hiking with your pups. And also David Rizzo from Zooks, that fabulous nutrition bar that my dogs love on the hike. Love hearing from them. And make sure that you go check out Go petfriendly.com incredible tools there uh, that you can also get the book that Amy mentioned there and some of the best pet friendly areas where you live in your backyard or on a road trip that you'll be able to find to set up your trip. Uh, Really great stuff. Pet Lover Geek has been brought to you by Pet Hub. We're here on Voice America. Come check out all of our other shows. We've got lots of other fabulous things to help you and your pet live wonderful, geeky lives together. you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend.